Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... Well, on the back of what is being called one of the best, best of three matches of all time, we come in hot here today. Noah Rubin and myself, Mike Cation, joining you on the Behind the Racket podcast. Novak and Coco, your winners in Cincinnati. And Noah, how, how, how are you? We haven't talked in, in literally weeks. Yeah, no, it's been, August is a, it's a shit month. I mean, there's a lot of exciting stuff that happens in August, but you're also, while preparing for the busiest time in American tennis, basically, which affects both of us in some ways. Yeah. You're also kind of preparing for the fall and getting ready for the end of the season. And yeah. the start. There's just so much going on. So yeah, I felt like we have not been friends for, for 10 days or so. Yeah, I kept calling you. We Our schedule when I was in Toronto was poor because mm. I was working nights and <laughs> yes. you, you, we never could talk. I only had nights off. <laughs> um, it's, it's interesting as well. I mean, we are... It is a hundred and it's going to be 106 today in Tulsa. We've got the uh, hurricane in California. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, uh, it, it, listen, you know, before we get to the tennis, the fact that yesterday we saw both Alcaraz and Novak both just fading in the heat, the extreme heat. Like, obviously, the, the tennis was incredible. Don't get me wrong, but it's not going to get better. Like, we're going to have to start making adjustments at some point for the heat seems like that's been the twitter headline the yeah. past few weeks and and you know ega has been talking about it but yeah i mean something something has to change and it's funny i actually missed the match yesterday i wanted to get a piece of the end of it and i had no time to watch it and saw some highlights and yes i mean the the level i mean the match point that alcaraz saved stuff like that i mean it was ridiculous and and coco to win a title like that you know we think she's 29 years old and mm. and she's not guys yeah. like she she just you know she's she's a teenager basically so it's um you know to see that kind of level of tennis from both sides and then to see what it means for djokovic i think for him was like you know as much as and a lot of people's heads are like, well, Djokovic doesn't care about anything except slams right now. Yeah. I think for him, it was like, no, no, my flag is still here. Yeah. You know, I'm not going anywhere. Um, but yeah, it's hot. We, we are weirdly having cool weather in New York right now, yeah. which it does always fake you out. And then day one in the open comes yeah, and you're like, oh, I can't breathe. It's minimum but, 95. Yeah, minimum and, and 100% humidity. But we'll see. Right now, it's been oddly cool. 
75 degrees, but who knows? Yeah, it's um, Coco, Coco winning both Washington, which was the biggest title of her career, and then in, in Cincinnati, uh, I think that is, I think that's the bigger story for the U.S., uh, mm-hmm. her ability to impact um, tennis in the United States is is pretty large. Um, the fact that she has her own shoe line, the CG1s uh, are, you know, that dents into um, society outside of just tennis fans. I think that's a big deal. Um, and on top of it, all, all kidding aside, like this this week, uh, Chris Eubanks is going to be on Good Morning America again. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's. I think he has residency there. Well, I can't blame him. Um, I mean, but but it's it feels like I I, I don't know like maybe I'm making this up kind of thing. It it does feel like we're kind of going through this this little bit of growth here that that feels pretty good and and bodes well for tennis in the states. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we talk about you don't know what you have till it's gone, and I think on the Williams sister side. I think we've highly respected them, but I think still not really understanding what tennis will be like to not have either of them. You know, Venus playing at 43 years old could play until she's 50. We don't even know. Um, But yeah, I mean, for Coco to see that pressure and deal with it, which I think personally, she probably thinks she's not dealing with it well. She's dealing with it incredibly well, even at this age and the success that is already coming, you know, I don't want to say we we need her, but to have this combo of of Coco, to have Taylor Townsend and Alicia Parks winning the doubles, awesome. to have you know Eubanks, you know hopefully somewhat solidifying himself. Um, you know you need that African American group, it's you huge. know, to get that excitement there, and and I think you know it gets um, a demographic that is not always normally into tennis and we need that 100%. Well, I, I think to that point and I yes, I realize the awkwardness sometimes of of two white guys talking about it like this, but the fact that I I think your most magnetic stars, American tennis stars in terms of just that ability to go to that extra level. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's Coco on the women's side. Um with with no disrespect to Jess Pagula, who obviously right. you know winning winning in Montreal, um, I I think it's Francis on the men's side. Chris is doing so much. I mean Taylor, I think is probably up there as well. Taylor, right? Fritz. Taylor and his but, girlfriend have had that push. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and Ben. I mean, th- these are I think these are the players that have that capability of transcending a little bit more right now. And I, I think that is a, a big deal and, and notable, uh, the fact that they are, with the exception of Taylor Fritz, all African-American. Yeah, it's funny. I think, you know, we always said it, uh, you know, American tennis wants tennis champions. I think it's kind of proving, and, and I think against Eubanks getting to the quarters and not winning Wimbledon, but I yeah. think it's proving that America wants tennis champions as a whole, not just the tennis world of America, mm-hmm. because, you know, they're, they're pushing for Eubanks, you know, yes. they, they like that. They want that. And, and again, nothing against banks, but, you know, 30 in the world to one in the world, you know, I think they're, they're really like, Hey, how can we get a little bit of that? And and they're gunning for that. So um, to see that want and that desire is nice. And, and hopefully we do start seeing, you know, those grand slam trophies, a couple more, 
finalists and, and a little bit more consistency at the top. But, you know, for now, it's it's exciting just to see just that want, you know, from a good morning America, from other celebs, from everything. And, and that's hopefully going to be held by these players right now. I mean, obviously, Chris is not the same age as Coco, but you still have many years with these guys. Mm-hmm. You still have, you know, hopefully Coco can take a step back and say, hey, as as long as it seems that I've been in the sport, I'm, I could take some time off and be okay. Yeah, you know, I still have 15 years left. So, you know, I think we have to understand that and, and to get these kind of titles, I mean, under her belt right before the Open and, and going into some pivotal years of her life is, I think that's what we're waiting for. But I don't, I hate being another one that puts that pressure on right now and adding on to it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating because I think ultimately, and we're six days away from the start or seven days away from the start of the U S open in terms of the main draw one day away from qualifying. I think your storylines are, are going to be, do we get another Novak uh, Carlos final? That's, Mm -hmm. that's storyline. Number one, that's on, on the men's side storyline. Number one on the women's side. Is it, is it Coco's time? That's going to be, that's, that's going to be your storyline where she falls opposite Iga or arena um, in, in terms of the draw. Those are your two big storylines heading into the U S open with a lot of like fun, little side right, uh, storylines as well. Yeah. I think you have the, the, uh, on the men's side, you have that. I feel like it's been which Americans going to break out yeah, or yeah. which one can, you know, make another name. I mean um, yeah, that one's still a little bit on that disappointing side at times where it's like not looking for the champion. We're not, we're just looking for that one kind of breakout where on the woman's side, it's like, no, we, there's a good chance we have an American champion. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I think that's kind of where the men are getting to is, is that kind of slight lack of consistency, you know, Tommy, semi Aussie, Chris with quarters and Wimby, you know, who knows when Opelka come back, but he can always be dangerous and, and Fritz can always play big ball. So it's, you know, getting a few of these guys to to kind of, you know, believe that, you know, Alcarez is is a match they can win. You well, know, Tommy, they, they, Tommy you know, beats Tommy him beat two him. weeks right. ago, right? And, yeah, but I just think that three to five mindset changes a bit, it you does. know, and, and it shouldn't. And, but we know what Djokovic can do. And, yep. and we know there's always going to be a few guys that, you know, like the Monfils generation that are going to be dangerous to take out in three out of five. And no, know who what wants doing, to play so. center? Who wants to play right. Yannick center? Right. And where does Medvedev lie? You know, right. these are there's just names that are just in, on the men's side. It's just like flashes of names constantly. Yeah. Like, um, not to bring out betting, but they were talking like Medvedev was like plus nine hundred to win the Open. Like, that's not he can win the Open. Like, why if he plays he a great week won at tennis? The open. Yeah, right. He can, <laughs> like he could he could win. I meant like this Open. He could he could win it. Like, there's not. And that's on the men's side. Is like this. Besides the. Djokovic Alcaraz final that could seem you know very much what could happen everything seems just like it's completely up in the air but the women's side could be really exciting I just don't even want to bring that up for Coco right now why I I think you have to and this this does lead into my 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 kind of big point what what Iga was talking about this week um in Cincinnati just about how the media tennis twitter social media, how negative we are as a whole, mm-hmm. right? And and focus so much on the negatives instead of the positives um, and, and kind of realizing 
levels change and and things shift pretty quickly and um wh- why why is it wrong to I don't, I don't think I want to say expect but put coco in that discussion of hey why why not now yeah i mean i think as a player i mean you can say good great whatever you want to call it i you know, I played tennis. I think when I won a tournament or did well, and then people said, Hey, you know, he's getting to play a slam. Like we should, would love to see two, three rounds out of Noah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I just did, I did well over there. You know, like it's just, there's always more and there's always next. And I think that's my biggest problem from the player's point of view was, and I'm not saying enough is enough. Cause that's not a champion mindset, quote unquote, but it's it's what are we doing next? And that was always that perception of of what is the next step where it's like, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, I want a 500 and a thousand. Maybe this is not the open for me. Maybe I'm feeling good. I'm tired. But maybe this summer beat the shit out of me. You know, I'm really excited for Aussie. You know, I'm really excited for next year. and I'm going to pace out the schedule. But I just hit a massive milestone in my career. Why does it have to be two weeks later that I have to show myself to the world again? Um, and you know, I don't want to migrate away from this question because I know you have other things in it, but it goes to the scheduling aspect of it. I mean, we're asking so much of a young athlete this summer. I mean, we saw Medvedev do it, you know, put 40 matches in and he was like a walking zombie at the open throughout all his jokes and middle fingers and everything else. But I mean, to put these matches in, I get women's is two out of three, but it's a lot of tennis, man. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a fucking summer. Yeah, it's I, I I tend to think Coco is ready. Okay. I I you know, listen, I I, I in fact is last it night ready this week or you mean just as a tennis player? As a as a as a human actually. Mm. Um I I feel like now that she's had 4 or 5 years of this and, and granted at an extremely young age, I think she's actually She's set. She's she's been kind of working towards this and now she's I don't know if fully formed is the right the right way to describe it, but she's close to what we know she's capable of. Um, and her belief is finally there. She's taking this week off. I listened to a podcast with her last night, the WTA Insider podcast, or the um right after they always get the winner after these these bigger events. And I mean, she's she's really excited about going to New York and kind of just being in her own element and getting back to it. And I, I think it's healthy to put that level of expectation upon her because I think that's what she is anticipating and what she's wanting. Um, I think, I think to, to your point though, it would be interesting, you know, if, if she does lose say a second round or something like that, and then you say it's a disappointment, that's where, that's where I think we have the bigger picture question because sure. you can look at this summer and if she loses second round of the US Open there is a level of disappointment that goes along with it because it's a slam big picture you know i think it's one of those things where it's easy for me but i can say wow it's a great summer winning your first 500 winning your first 1000 like anticipating a negative negative reaction exactly already, so and that's, that's and that's yeah, exactly yeah. but that's, that's our faults later on correct yeah, yeah. that's right. where that's where i think the issue lies is because we put so much emphasis in media tennis twitter yeah. on on the slams and then yes the masters you know 1000s right underneath it and we put so much level of expectation there as opposed to the the overall yeah well i think 
you know, and you could maybe put like an Indian Wells in the mix, but I think it's, you know, you said masters is one step below. I, I sadly don't think it's anywhere close. And that's mm. been the biggest yeah, issue yeah, yeah. is that, you know, masters, they, they consider eight steps below a grand slam, you know, yeah, in that. terms of actually accomplishing something, um, you know, which is, you know, a problem, you know, in all its own, but it's, you know, looking at Coco, there's a good chance that she may feel less pressure right now. She's like, Hey, you know, I, like I finally accomplished something for you guys, you know, look, you know, yeah. It doesn't mean that, you know, second round comes, you know, she loses six and four and, you know, we're all upset, you know, that, that has nothing to do with it, but I think there's, there's a good chance in her head. She's like, Ooh, you know, maybe, you know, the summer's not a failure, you know, mm. you know, even if it doesn't go the way I planned at the open there, there is this sense of relief a little bit that I'm starting to show the world what I know I can do you know, bring a few trophies to the limelight and and then, and then kind of go from there. So, you know, I've, I've had that as well at a much, much lower level where it's like, oh, you know, I won that challenger that that summer. You know, I kind of did. I accomplished that summer a little bit. You know, I would love to to put it more in. But, you know, there's this mentality shifts. You don't know where she's yeah. lying right now. It's it's I'm I'm in my head. I'm thinking about baseball. OK, I, I know this might sound very odd, but if you you can go through in baseball uh, and have these stretches where you maybe get one or two hits over a 10 game period. Uh. Right. You know, and you're, so for that 10 game period for that two weeks or whatever, you've, you've been awful, <laughs> but then you, you know, you look at the end of the year and that's kind of how you sum up a, a, a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's how it's how it should be viewed. Like if, if somebody who bats three thirty in the, in the yeah. major leagues, that's a really outstanding year. That's a top 20 year, right? But sure. you'll, you'll have stretch multiple stretches in that season where you went to one for 20 or two for 35. Yeah. Um, so it's the cumulative aspect, but we're very much in a, what have you done for me right now type of uh, a time, you know, with social media uh, and tennis media as it is. Yeah, I mean, I always go to the structure of tennis to kind of look at how we perceive it. Um, and and there, since there isn't a a championship, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I love hockey. Yeah. You know, when when the Islanders reached the Eastern Conference Finals, like that, even though they lost at the end of the year, like that wasn't a complete failure yeah, of the yeah, year yeah. for them. Yes. Where tennis is like, you could win all, you know, you can get to the round of 16 of Aussie and then the rest of the year you do pretty mediocre and you land at 90 in the world, let's say. And, you know, it's not a great year. You know, a lot of people will look back and be like, you know, that, that was a struggle, even though you had such an amazing tournament, that was seven months ago, you know? All right. I'm going to just, okay. We have one other topic to get to, and I know you have a hard out, but so should we scrap the rankings as they are and start from scratch on day one of a new year and then have a year, an actual year end championship, like completely blow up how we've done things for. Yeah. uh, I think it should follow European football standings relegation where you keep yeah you keep in the same so you're in the division wow and then from there let's say that's 75 players and then from there you have a movement of 15 players a year 20 players a year and if you don't make the cut you're dropping below i'm making this up on the top of my head because you brought it up but i have thought about that relegation Mm. idea so there is no ranking system and you play every year and there's a champion at the end of the year in each division 
I'm going to have to. Did we just become best friends? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I, I got to, I'm going to have to think about that because that's. Oh, well, this goes along, you know, when we talked about the money situation, this went along with the salary based where yeah, right, right. January 1st, you get a check. Yes, yes. It, and this can go along with that idea. The, the, in- the funny part is this will never happen because, again, we have too many stakeholders who are 100%. completely invested. So, I mean, it's a pointless exercise, but it, it's it's <laughs> it's it's interesting because then it would also, you know, I think it would also elevate the importance of challengers. Um, because of the fact that like how much import it is to be inside the top, whatever it would be 30 to, yeah, you know, right. to move into the next level. Um, I think we, we spoken similar on this level mm-hmm. on, on this idea, just kind of what it would take away and what it would give. I mean, it gives stability, which is an important asset that yes. does not have your schedule would be much more set. The one thing that we're losing um, but I think we can make up for it in other ways is the storyline of the, you know, Eubanks coming out of nowhere, uh, yes. you know, of these guys rising the ranks in a year. You yes. know, that's the Correct. one thing we're losing. But, God, I think as a whole, that's that stability, that understanding that, that oh, I know I'm in Division Two for this year. I'm making this much money. And if I win, I move up to the next one. I think it just... There, there could be, could be something there. I mean, yeah, we have it already. We literally, we have the setup necessarily. It's just a matter of limiting some tournaments. Like the two hundred and fifty level of the tournament would be a weird, like might have to be taken away. You have five hundred thousands and slams, and then the challengers, the challengers, you have futures. You kind of have it already built up. You would, in order to make it, I think work in a more individual sport is you'd have to have some ability to call up or move up in the middle of the year. Some, some level of like domination kind of thing. Like through if domination, you, I don't know, maybe two relegation periods, like one yeah. in June, one in December, you know, year end, but you, you know, some, something, if you're having yeah. like a great spring, let's think back to Dennis Shapovalov a couple of years ago when he went on that absolute tear middle of the year. And then remember he didn't get the wild card into the U S open, but like, it was very clear. It was such a waste of time for him to be playing challengers. Like when and, he beat Nadal or whatever. Yeah. Like and then, you know, that, goes yeah, yeah. Um, in Canada and just, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. The two, the two is interesting. The two is interesting too, because yeah, yeah even if a guy drops down, he's like, no, no, I'm better than this level. And then comes back up in six months from now or whatever and makes, you know, a little less money, but like there's, it's a, it's a, yeah. But I, again, you would, you, you'd have to blow up the entire industry as, as it is right now. Um, okay. Question. Yeah. As that was a, a waste of five minutes because nobody cares about <laughs> us and nobody's going to listen to a it's an in, No, it's an say. interesting thought exercise. <laughs> it is. And Go we're going to do a full podcast on it. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, scheduling though, going into that briefly. Yeah. Eager spoken about it. I believe Coco did as well. I spoke to a few people on t- tennis Twitter. We had a little bit of a pretty deep conversation oh, yeah, a few about weeks the, ago. The, yeah. About the storyline of the US Open and what that's all about. Yeah, year and end. Like, yeah. And just <laughs> but also um, you know, just more of a book of, of a start. This is the start of the US swing. This is how we're, you know, revving up for the climax, which is the US Open. Um there's a lot of heavy hitting tournaments that yes. go on during the summer. Not all of them are in the U S they're all in North America. Um, 
what's it like for you to i mean you're you're working a lot of them so that's one thing and seeing it up close what is the morale because i've actually never played since you're toronto but mm. what's the morale of players kind of on this roller coaster of thousands, five hundreds, and then trying to think about a slam at the end of it. Yeah, I think it's mixed. Um, I, I, I was in Toronto for those who don't know. Um, there, there are definitely players who are weary. Yeah. It is a distinct advantage, Noah. It is a distinct advantage when you are top five, top 10. And you have the capability to set your schedule so that you are basically playing the Masters, the Slams, and maybe a couple of different, you know, one warm-up event before each swing or something like that. Right. That is a distinct advantage because I, I think the weariness sets in a little bit more for players who are having to play 30, 35 weeks because they're not top five, top ten. You know, do we know the number of Djokovic right now? I was just about to quickly look it up, but the, the number of Masters tournaments, no oh, tournaments t- he's played this year. That's a great question. I I yeah, guess it's see. ten. Okay, twelve. Because we know that Alcaraz is overplaying at this point to yes. some extent. Uh, he is at nine tournaments right now okay. after with Cincy included. It's a distinct. Yeah, it, a, it is a distinct <laughs> mental weariness advantage. Um, he's, he's won a lot of matches. I mean, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's actually insane looking at this. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's so a different so world. I, yeah. I think I think you start to see. I, I can relate it to challengers that. Yeah. When I see people in Tiburon, that's kind of I think for a lot of challenger players, that's kind of one of the peaks. Like it's such mm-hmm. a it's such a great event in a yeah. great city. There is a distinct drop off. From Tiburon to Charlottesville, which is like three weeks later, and people are cooked. Like that's yeah. kind of like your yeah. peak. And, and it's and I think there's a, a similarity for players who are maybe 50, 60, 70. It's like the yeah. US Open one last big push through, you know, Toronto or Mass uh, you know, National Bank Open Canada, Cincinnati, US Open, one last big push. And then the last two months are pointless like, yeah. to me. Summer's a war. It just feels like the summer. I mean, Medvedev, I just go back to that one. That guy looked like he went through. I mean, <laughs> he's 85 years old by the time the US was old by the end. Yeah. I mean, that was, and I don't know. I mean, yeah, there's, there's two arguments. The, the, the first one we've made before. So I want to, you know, veer away from that. That was the whole that, you know, there's tournaments after the US open. That's, that's a whole argument onto itself of yeah. when the schedule should end that I think they're, you know, the year-end tournament, uh, the NITO final should be um, first week October. Agre- and, I fully agree with that. But the the second argument is that they, you know, as much as these tournaments are, are great, I mean, they, they've they jam-packed this that I'm exhausted following, know. you know, that I'm now at the Open. We're like, I, I need a break before going into it, you know. And, and now you have um, the Cleveland event, the 250, and then obviously well, I'm wearing the shirt, the Winston-Salem event mm-hmm. uh, coming up where, you know, nobody watches those. Only if I take Kyrgios' spot last minute and play Murray with yes. 40 minutes rest. Yes. Um, but, like, it's just... You, you can't follow. There's too many climaxes. You know, there's too yeah, many I ends. I that's I. There's, there's no lead ups. There's no lead ups. I don't know. I think I think my argument would be my my counter would be, frankly, what happened this week 
specifically with Coco mm-hmm. winning with with that final yesterday, there is no better lead up. Like I think I think the anticipation fan wise is possibly at, at a I don't want to say an all time high, but this is the most anticipation I think we've had for the U.S. Open in quite some time in terms of just holy crap. We're we're getting some phenomenal tennis that that rivalry between Carlos and Novak and also frankly Carlos and Yannick um to well, a secondary degree yeah, yeah and the fact that you've got Iga Arena Coco Jess Pagula the, the Russians who have made that that big push and I I mean I, I'm 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 pumped like I am I'm also I want it to stop after the open <laughs> like that's the, I think that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's where I'm just like this has been so much such a build up. I'm really excited for the open. I think I'm going to feel flat the week after. How great would it be? You you take two weeks off, you train for a week, and then you're playing the finals. I know Snitto finals and men and women in the same area. By I the fully way, fully agree. Another, yeah, it's a waste fully of time agreed. to be separated, but. Yeah, I just, and I completely agree with this event. This event was perfect. Yes. I I think we're two tournaments too deep, though. I mean, that's subtracting. I'm not saying Toronto's the one you subtract. I'm just saying 8,000 has to be subtracted. And if it was based on storylines, like Toronto, you take away. And, you know, DC's been around. I or you take a 250, you take an Atlanta. Like I it's just it's just too many at this point. To me, I think it's wrong having uh, and and I've done back to back. Correct. Yeah. I think there should I think Toronto uh, National Bank Open and Washington should flip so that it's it's Canada 500 in Washington and then Cincinnati, which I think that that gives a little bit of space if you had a good run in Toronto the then you take playing DC yeah and that's yeah which is how it should be for I, I, 500 at times, yeah. It, it's, it is so taxing to ask the men and the women at the very peak to play the that level two weeks in a row, back-to-back, back-to-back days. Um, and the last thing I was going to get to was actually the late nights, which uh, it's it was it's been absurd yeah. just how <laughs> late. It's at, at, when you are having to play consecutive days, yeah. that's when those late nights are just unreasonable. The U.S. Open is a little bit different since you do have that space, that day off. Um, I'm a little bit more lenient there. But, man, we we just – I mean, we're, we're, we're asking a lot for, for the highest level when we want the peaks to be at the U.S. Open. You're right. asking a lot to have two Masters back-to-back and only one week off before the Open. Yeah. No, I think for for players, for fans, for people in the business at all, it's you're trying to rev up, and then you have storylines like this. I'm yep. wondering if it's, you know, if since he was last week, and you have two weeks to then build these storylines after it, and then get that going. But yeah, I mean, I'm like a lot of the events that you know you and I are working on. You're coming into New York soon. Like I'm trying to reach towards the open. And people are still on a massive tour. I mean, this is a massive event, Cincinnati. Yep. So I just. I just don't know where it lies. That's always been my problem where it's like the U.S. Open could tell a story mm-hmm. through two months, a month and a half, however long you want to make it. Um, and it just drops off at so many points. You know, you have yeah. this tournament, then you have D.C. Now it's a combined event again. And then, you know, you come into Toronto. We're not in the U.S. anymore. And then we're coming to Cincinnati and it's we're two weeks away from the Open. And oh, OK, OK. On, and now the Open. On top of it, <laughs> just this is a very American problem. 
but God, I miss having the the summer series, the U.S. Open summer series on ESPN. And that's yeah, that's an again another. Yeah. Um, you have to go. You have a hard out. Uh, yeah, you're coming to New York. I'm when? coming to New York I... on Saturday. Uh, you've told me I have to. Do I have to bring yeah. an extra suitcase, <laughs> no, or are you no. giving me a suitcase? Well, so this is this is the first time I guess we're speaking about this live, but okay. I, we're pretty close now. But you, I mean, you know this. this is not this is not a surprise to you, so you don't have to make that face. I'm not sure. I, you haven't it, told me what's happening, except that you, I, you will be a, a groomsman in my wedding. Oh yes, right. So okay. we we have. We have groomsmen presents for you. Oh. One is from Ogio, which is a bag, and we have some things okay. um, that I customized from Voss. I worked with Voss to do some stuff, and then on top of that, remember the uh, like that vintage tennis sale that I yes. bought stuff in New York. Yeah, we oh, have all that crap. stuff too okay. in the bag. So okay. we got a whole goodie bag for you. Okay, I have I have two boxes of tennis cards, whether oh, individual cards. Well, after, can you buy a, a tennis hobby box this week? Yeah, yeah. Where? Get where? it not get, online. Yeah, just buy one online. I'll I'll buy one online and get it shipped to your house. Yeah, I'll try. Uh, so yeah, that we we'll have buy some. Another one. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we have one box, to, three boxes to open. Yeah. I I opened that one box with the president thing. I didn't get the Kim Jong. I was gonna ask where you're staying. On oh, a different live. hotel, but I'm still in Queens. Fantastic. Yes. So I was like, I don't want to tell people where Mike Cation is staying. He's gonna be. It's bombarded. all apparently all of the commentators are all in one hotel. It's gonna be. It's going to be uh, a lot, <laughs> but I, I, uh, we, we have some people lined up, uh, to do podcasts during the, the two weeks. Um, yeah. you're not going to be there next Sunday. So we have to, no. and then we'll I start working out. late nights, we'll by the way, if I can put in this one last plug and I know you have to go U S open radio, uh, this year moving studios. So, uh, what's it, what's it called? The chase center, you know, the, yeah. the indoor facility. Yeah, yeah. So I just got this, uh, this notification last night apparently our radio booth is going to be there now you're going to be in a hardened facility and we're going to be like facing the crowd so you'll be like walking in that entrance and you'll be able to see me like a trained monkey like yelling and screaming about things that are happening indoor center entrance like court 17 i, I, I mean I, I i have to think about like the Chase Center, like, and then when you're coming oh, in you're on the right, the main, oh, that's the main main entrance. That's, yeah. that's the Louis. That's yeah, the Louis in between. Yeah, so where are you guys gonna be? I don't that's know yet. I haven't been yeah, there, but I all I know is there. Exciting. It's like glass, and then you're able to look in at us as we're <laughs> I like can't wait to throw shit at you. Oh my god, you fucking suck, dude. I, like I'm actually tripping out because I that's think, exciting though. I mean, you, I mean, not you know to, this about me though. Like, I, not when, to bash on where you were prior to this, but sure, you but guys were across the street in a. You know me personally. I don't like it when people can see me when I'm talking. I'm I'm comfortable doing this because it's me and you talking and like a. Oh, stop that shit! I, no, no, enough. You I can't do public speaking. RV. I can't do public speaking. You're not publicly speaking to anybody. I know. I'm just. A little, I'm a little nervous. That's all. I get that, but it's you have to. This you have to be. You were. I'm thrilled to be, to be at the U.S. Open. Life. I'm so excited about being there. But this is this is like actually being there. Then hopefully, yeah. I'm just a little nervous because people are going to be staring at me, and I don't do well with that. Yeah, I'm going to bring everybody there. Going to have a little panic attack, but that's oh, fine. Shit. I'll just going to riot. Okay. Uh, have a good week. Um, enjoy your weekend wherever you're going next weekend, and we'll talk soon. Okay. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, 
at Mike C. Tennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.